0: This episode of the SaaS Revolution Show takes us back to SaaStock West Coast in September 2019. This was an amazing event for SaaS leaders in North America, and we're so excited to head back to uh, San Francisco in the summer. Uh, This session was delivered by Te Nam, Managing Director of Storm Ventures, and three-times entrepreneur Bob Tinker. It's a really useful session for both founders and employees, so I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, I'm Tehi Nam, I'm a Co-Founder and Managing Director of Storm Ventures and uh, here to talk to you today about uh, something that Bob and I have been spending the last four years working together on is a couple of books we wrote on, uh, called Survival to Thrival. And the topic we're going to talk about today is something that uh, is rarely talked about, although we feel like it's probably one of the most important challenges and topics and that's the, the silent struggle for entrepreneurs. It's, How to keep up with your company as the company grows. And so, this is the question that we see all the time is, you know, why is growing a startup so hard on the people? Um, I think, you know, in all the talks today and everywhere, you'll be talking about how to unlock growth, all the different ways of growing and building the company, because that's what everyone wants is a successful company. But the more interesting thing is, how does it impact the individual? So, Bob and I, we've been working together for over 17 years on a couple of startups, uh, Airspace and Mobile Iron. I'm a VC board member. I like frameworks and models. Bob, on the other hand, he's a classic entrepreneur, founder, CEO, and in his case, uh, he's less about frameworks and models and more about just succeeding today. So, as we were writing, um, These books took a lot longer than we thought because it really turns out we were like reconciling two different movies even though we worked together for so long. And it felt like this. It felt like uh, myself, I'm the VC, I'm watching like 15, 20 surfers, you know, we have like 60 active portfolio companies. So we're watching all these companies and seeing which way they're going and, and sharing insights from one to the other. Bob is the CEO and he's a surfer and his number one goal is just don't wipe out. And so combining these two perspectives took uh, longer than we thought, but the synthesis we thought to be helpful. We were fortunate as we're going through the process that it was just not ourselves, but we had many people like Adam, Ben, Frank Marshall, and others sort of help us in this journey and share their stories in in the book as well too. The punchline, since Bob likes punchlines, we like to go is, uh, and what we hope you remember is that the key to transcending is about unlearning. And so it's about unlearning what you have learned, and that will help everyone succeed in their personal journey as the startup grows. So the challenge that companies face and people face in particular is what happens when you have a superstar today that struggles tomorrow? If you have someone that's always been struggling from an HR CEO perspective, that's relatively easy. But the challenge is, what do you do when you have a superstar who has done so much to make the company successful, but is struggling in the future? This is a common occurrence, because what happens is that success, you know, this whole desire to unlock growth, success drives change. In other words, growth causes the company to change, which causes the roles to change, even though it's deceptive, because there's no change in title, compensation, responsibilities, but the role has fundamentally changed, which causes people to change, or organizationally, you have to change the people. And and what makes it difficult here is is that the very things that made you so successful in the first phase, like uh, in the prior speaker, in the one to $10 million phase, could be the, one, the same skills that hold you back as a company needs to go from 10 million to 100 million or 100 million to a billion. And so it happens that there are two choices that the company faces. One is, which is the classic VC answer, is, you know, changed individual. So it's be changed, replaced with a proven executive, so it becomes plug and play, and the company can then easily transition and uh, succeed at the next phase. Or the other is how you can change yourself. And that's uh, the book that Bob and I wrote on uh, called Change or Be Changed, and we'll then Bob will come later and talk to you about exactly what we see as the sort of three-step path to changing. And uh, as I mentioned, the, the key to this change is about unlearning. It's about not doing better what you are already good at, but unlearning some skills to be, and developing new skills. And so with that, we'll see that how unlearning applies to everyone. It just doesn't apply to the CEO, but the entire leadership team, the entire company, and even to board members. With that, I'll turn it over to Bob. All right. So uh, as a multi-time uh,
1: entrepreneur, three companies, first one failed, second one did well, third one did really well, um, I had sort of the pleasure and pain of sort of going from a company that was zero people to 1,000. And... Many times we spend so much time focusing on what do we need to learn. You're all here because you need to learn. That's awesome. We're all learning. What we don't talk about is what do we need to unlearn, which are what are the things that actually made us successful earlier that actually get in the way of making us successful later. I lived this in spades. And I'd like to share sort of my journey as CEO, talk about similar patterns that I saw and felt in our leadership team, and then about the entire company. So one of the things that really surprised me as being the CEO of Mobile Iron, going from three people on a whiteboard to 1,000 people in public, is I actually had three really different jobs over that nine-year period. The first one was sort of like Captain America or Wonder Woman in the woods. You're like, you in the platoon, you're throwing punches, you're getting punched, you're digging dishes, you're getting dirty, you're banging into trees. It's a blast. But then at about 50 people, my job changed, which it became a little bit more like the Avengers which is my job as CEO was now to hire a band of superheroes, a band of superhero executives, a sales superhero, a marketing superhero, a product superhero, a customer success superhero, each of whom had a better superpower than mine in their space. And guess what happens the first time you hire a grade-A superhero to run sales, or a grade-A superhero to run product? It's uncomfortable, because you have to let go and give them the reins. And guess what a great A superhero does to all the stuff you've been working on so hard? They look at it and say, man, that kind of sucks. I could do totally better. So it generates a huge amount of insecurity that gets in your way to bringing on sort of the best talent. And then at about four or 500 people, my job changed again. And this is the one, frankly, I struggled with the most, which is the transition became more of like Professor Xavier in the X-Men. Where the CEO job, you're like the dean of a university where your teachers are your warriors, bringing up the next generation. You have to do a lot fewer things for a lot more people and repeat yourself over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, which drove me absolutely nuts. And part of that was me judging myself, saying, hey, look, we talked about this. We should move on. But what I didn't realize is that at that scale, the CEO job is to be a big signal generator. Your job is to generate a signal and a message to keep everybody aligned. And guess what? That takes repetition. So Bob, unlearn that old habit and success criteria of talking about it once and getting it done. That actually became a hindrance for me in the Professor Xavier job. So I had to unlearn these things that I prided myself on and made me successful to actually be good at the next job. And these transitions were uncomfortable and actually really painful. It kind of felt like this, which is you know, you're you growing a company. You're desperately pulling up on the stick, trying to gain altitude, grow the business, and not die. And at the same time, like, I felt like I had to rip open the fuselage of my brain and my behavior and my character and start messing around with the wiring. Super unpleasant, super uncomfortable, and it felt really dangerous. Yet that's exactly what I needed to do. And in many ways, if you look at the biggest mistakes that I made as a CEO, they were all related to unlearning. It wasn't something I didn't know. It was something that I thought I knew, or what I thought the right answer was. So for instance, if you sort of peel the onion on them, most of them come back to one problem I had, which is that in the early days of a company, your mission is don't die. So self-inflicted turbulence, like you hate it. Like, there's enough market-inflicted turbulence. The last thing you want to do is self-inflicted turbulence. Yet later, when we were four, five 500, 600 people, sometimes you have to make a change in a company that creates self-inflicted turbulence and pain that might suck for 90 days to get to the right long-term answer. I was wired to loathe that because in the early days of the company, that could kill us. Ironically, in the later days of the company, that's what was holding us back from being successful. That was my biggest unlearning. And like, what would be my advice for you, startup leaders, CEOs out there, sort of thinking about what can help you unlearn? So there's three things that helped me. One was try and develop some self-awareness. Look in the mirror, what's going well, what's not going well. Um, so sort of just be real. Don't sort of kid yourself and market to yourself about what's going well and what's not going well. And the third one is just leave your ego at the door. Because achieving the mission is really what it's about. It's not about me or my ego or how I feel. It's about the mission. And um, that leads me to something that I would encourage all founders and early executives to do, which is something I call the Founder Oath. And it's about the mission, not me or my ego. I promise to do my best to separate my ego from the mission. I and we work for the company and the team, not the other way around, and I recognize that very few things screw up great companies than founder drama. And if I am so fortunate that my company grows beyond me, I will step aside gracefully for the good of the mission. These aren't just empty words. All three of us, the founders of Mobile Iron, at one point stepped aside from our job, me included. It's not easy. It feels weird. It's kind of uncomfortable. But it was absolutely the right thing to do because it's about the mission, not me or my ego. Let's talk about how unlearning applies to the rest of the team. So for the sales leader, in the very beginning, the sales leader job is kind of like Davy Crockett, finding the path through the woods. How do you figure out that repeatable go to market? Try this, try that, try this. But then the sales leader job changes to become more like Braveheart or Joan of Arc, where you've got to rally the troops, hire a bunch of people, charge up the hill, and kill the enemy. They're the battlefield commander. But then the sales leader job changes again, to be more like Eisenhower. The general of generals, you know Eisenhower never set foot on the battlefield, ever. Fought the battle from the war room. So for sales leaders, this transition from the make it up Davy Crockett path through the woods to the warrior leader that fights on the battlefield to unlearning that to be able to be, hey, look, i got to fight the battle from the war room and leave behind my ability to dive onto planes and be out there with my esprit de corps with my brothers and sisters in the field is really hard for sales leaders to make that transition. But it's fundamentally three different jobs on learning from one to the other. These types of changes happen to every leader in a startup. The sales leader, Davy Crockett, to Braveheart, Joan of Arc, to Eisenhower. The head of engineering, in the beginning, you're like a frontier craftsman, making stuff, strapping things together, building a log cabin before winter arrives. And then you become more like a general contractor. We've got to build a big project. And then you become like a campus developer, thinking about like multiple projects going on at the same time, resource allocation, trade-offs between multiple major products. Those are three really different jobs as a VP of engineering. And the very things that actually make a VP of engineering successful as a frontier craftsman become the very things that hold them back success as a campus developer. Same thing for CFO. Every single one of the executive leadership jobs goes through these fundamental changes where, ironically, the very things that actually make you successful early on hold you back at the next. And I'll tell you, what does it feel like when you are trying to make that transition? One word, insecurity. Because you have to let go of the very things you're proud of, the very things that made you most successful, the very things that make you feel like you're actually adding value every day, and go do some stuff that you don't really know. And you sort of have this weird emperor has no clothes feeling where you're like, am I really adding value? Are people going to notice that I'm not doing how I really add value? That little voice in your head is kryptonite for unlearning. So how do you handle it? There's three steps to this, um, to unlearning. The first thing is just recognize that your role is changing. Don't be the frog boiling in the pot slowly. Two. Anticipate what the next role looks like. Part of the reason we wrote this book is there is actually, I think Silicon Valley is really bad at passing down intellectual, um, institutional knowledge about how startup leaders' jobs change as their companies change. It sort of gets thrown around as, well, just scale. I don't know about you guys. I didn't know what that meant. Understand what it means. Anticipate what the next role looks like. And then make a very deliberate exercise to unlearn your old role and learn your new and deal with the insecurity that comes with that. So, a couple of tools I found helpful and my team found helpful is one is the rule of 30%. What's the rule of 30%? If you look at how you're spending your time, if anything gets to be more than 30% of your time, ask why. And there's a couple of answers to it. It could be, hmm, wow, that's become a big part of my time. I should hire somebody to take care of that. Two, sometimes one of your leaders is not doing their job, and you're backstopping them. You're a crutch. Third answer is, maybe it's a spike, like fundraising or something like that that's a big burst of time, and that's okay. it'll go away. Or four is, you know what, that's actually just going to be part of my job going forward, so it'll be okay. Make that an active decision process for you. The second thing is visualize your job 12 months out and ask yourself, am I running faster? Or am I running better? I'll tell you the habit that a lot of people get into is how do I just run faster? How do I do more of what I'm doing right now? And the analogy is how do I just strap more horses to the wagon versus replacing the horses with a diesel engine? Trust me, this sounds easy right now sitting in this room, but when you're in the room, under duress, trying to figure out what to do, trying to deliver on your goals, it's easier to just keep doing more of what you've been doing. Yet, that is what's going to get in your and what got in my way. So let's talk lastly how this applies for the rest of the team. So unlearning doesn't just happen for the CEO or the individual leaders. It also happens for the entire company. And there's three points I found where all of a sudden, suddenly, what used to work suddenly stops working. And as a leader, it's maddening. It's nuts. All of a sudden, like, you're like, well, this used to work. And now it's not working. What the heck happened? At 50 people, at 150 people, and 450 people, all hell breaks loose. Right hand, left hand, stop talking to each other. You feel strain across the business, the culture, the team, Ugh, it sucks. So this is where the company needs to unlearn. Companies develop muscles and processes for how you get stuff done and even how teams work together. At these breakpoints, those ways of working change. And it sneaks up on you. It maybe starts in engineering and sales and all of a sudden the whole company. And you realize, well, wait a minute. Our executive team used to make decisions this way, but it's not working anymore. And you'll hear things like this, what got us here. This is what got us here. This is how we are. What does this mean for me? Change is hard, even for startups. And going from being organic to organized, becoming from ruthless to calculated recklessness, to all of a sudden growing up and sort of losing your startup mojo requires a major rewiring of just how people do stuff. The executive team changes from one or two people that are the core to a hive mind of five or six people, to all of a sudden the executive team isn't the one doing the real work, it's actually the next layer of leadership. Those changes have fundamental changes in how the company works and you have to unlearn what used to work because it's no longer going to work so with that my two core recommendations are embrace unlearning and it's a blast it is a spectacular learning experience for everybody you your leadership team your company it's going to be uncomfortable it triggers insecurity but on the other side of it you're a different person so for all of you that are building companies and trying to figure out how to go left, how to go right, how to go up, how to go down. There are dark days. There are bright days. There's good news. There's bad news. Just remember, most importantly, that you're not alone. We've all been through it. So with that, thank you. Best of luck to all of you. Survive well. Drive well.
0: I hope you enjoyed this episode of the SaaS Revolution Show. If you enjoyed it, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star rating to help other founders and execs like yourself discover this podcast. If you'd like to see Talks Like This live, check out sasdoc.com forward slash events for the full calendar of SASDOC events this year. We'll see you next time.